Look, I know you've already achieved unheard of levels of success as an entrepreneur. So the real question is, while the world is radically shifting, how do we not get caught up in the chaos, but instead access our untapped capacity? You know what I'm talking about. I'm Katie Richardson, business coach to superstar entrepreneurs and host of What's Working Now. I'm here to show you how to unlock and magnify your untapped potential so that we can create the dream live with purpose, and do what we are born to do. On this podcast, we are asking a different set of questions. Be present, be curious, be right now. Let's go. Hit that subscribe button and go to whatsworkingnow.com, drop in your email, join the waitlist so you never miss an episode of What's Working Now. And I'll see you on the inside. Hello, welcome to What's Working Now. Today is a special episode where we are going to go deep on a question that a lot of people ask me. Now, where does this question come from? It comes from this. The quality of your results is based on the quality of questions that you're asking. Now, I shared this into a group recently and immediately a hand shot up and said, Katie, how do I ask a better question? Now, that's a good question. So today... We're going to talk about how you can get high quality results by paying attention to the thing that happens right in front of that, which is the questions that you're asking. This is a lesson, a session. Think of this as like coaching with Katie right now. Get out your journal, get out your notebook, take notes on this. I am sharing with you the secrets for how you can level up as a CEO, as an entrepreneur, and it starts with asking high quality questions. I've got principles, I've got stories, I have outlines for you, I've got a story to help you really see the power of this. And so let's dive into this. I've got three things that I want to teach you about asking a high quality question. First, let me actually share a story. When my business was still struggling, but hoping to take off any day now, right? I'd been living on food storage. It felt like everything was on the line. We had zero money in the bank account, took it to a trade show. If you know my story, I'd taken it to a trade show the year prior to New York. Everybody was interested, but nobody placed an order. So I was now in Vegas, really looking to charge some credit cards. I wanted people to commit with money, place orders, and it felt like everything was on the line. We're at Vegas, we're setting up. And the whole time we're setting up, I'm feeling this resistance. My head is saying things like, "Um, nobody's going to take you seriously. You don't look like a real brand. Everybody's going to know that you're shipping this from your garage. And I have this moment where I finally step out of our booth and I, I take a moment to actually look at it. And for you to kind of appreciate what was going on here, I was building a 10 by 20 booth where everything was right. White, white wall white floor, white cubes that my white product was displayed on, the the white logo on the white wall, like everything was white. And it was a bit of a gamble. But as we were designing the booth, you know, at home before we got to the trade show, we started to think there's a lot of commotion and noise visually and physically at a trade show. And what if we were the silence in the noise? And what if by being the silence in the noise, that actually had us stand out? So we took this approach and it was, like I said, a little bit of a gamble. We didn't totally know if it was going to work out. 
so as I was building this all white everything booth, that's when my mind was really beating me up and saying, do you really know what you're doing? Is this a huge mistake? This is going to be embarrassing when it fails. And I, I have that moment where I step out of the booth to actually see from a distance what this looks like. And you guys, it was amazing. And I had this moment, I'm standing, you know, 30 feet back from the booth. I'm looking at it compared to everything else. I'm like, holy cow, this is incredible. And just as I'm letting this sink in, this golf cart drives up and an older gentleman hops out and he says to me, is this your booth? And with great pride and excitement, I said, yes, it is. And he was like, well, this is a giant fire hazard. You're going to need to take it down. I'm the fire marshal. And I was like, what? So I've been in like this place of struggle, fear, despair, opposition. I was finally starting to pull out of it. And then the fire marshal shows up and tells me I need to take the whole thing down. I couldn't even believe it. And he, he can see the concern on my face. And he said, oh, don't worry. There's a Kinko's over there. You can go print a couple banners. Now, keep in mind, you're not seeing a picture of this booth, and I probably need to post one somewhere for you. It was beautiful, by the way. It was beautiful. The glossy white floor, this cool white wall that we had built out of white boxes. So it was like a, a Lego wall almost. And our PUJ Pudge logo was popping off of the wall. It was perfectly lit. It was incredible. It was like an art installation. So he's telling me to take down my art installation and to go print a couple banners as if that is going to have these store buyers take me seriously and buy my physical products. And so I'm at my limit. I, I had pushed so hard to get there and it was finally starting to look like it was going to work. And then I have this fire marshal show up. So, so what was I going to do? I was going to like tell him my sob story. And try and convince him to just be nice and not take it down. My husband could see what was going on. And he comes over and he sticks his hand out and he says, hey, my name's Ben. Who are you? And the gentleman introduces himself. And they start talking. And Ben's asking him question after question after question. What's he doing? He's trying to understand the constraints of what determines what's fireproof and what's not. And then he says to the gentleman, he pauses and he thinks, and he says, if this, if there was a way to make this booth fireproof, what would that look like? And the gentleman, he looks down, he grabs his phone, and he says, uh, there actually is a way. And in fact, I think I know a guy. Scrolls through his contacts. Oh, yeah, here he is, John. Write this down. Gives us the number. Within one hour, John is in my booth sp spraying rock salts on the boxes, signing the fireproof certificate, and we're back to where we needed to be. And to keep in mind, like this was a moment that totally transformed not just my business, but my life. This was the moment where we went on to sell every retailer that came into the booth. And from there, got 2,000 stores in the U.S. with distribution in 26 different countries. That was the moment that started it. So what was the key 
to overcoming that obstacle, he was asking a powerful question. So let's break this down. There are three different components that I want you to be aware of when it comes to asking a powerful question, okay? The first is it comes from a place of curiosity. Now, I was afraid that this man was going to have me take my booth down, and I was reacting to my fear. And I was going to try and manipulate him by telling him my sob story and convincing him to just turn a blind eye to the fact that my booth was apparently a fire hazard, okay? That was my approach in that moment. My husband showed up with curiosity and he was asking questions to understand the constraints of what determines what's fireproof and what's not. He was trying to understand that. So curiosity. The thing about curiosity is it neutralizes the situation. Oftentimes we have this tendency to label things as good or bad. And that immediately disempowers us in the situation. We want to stay neutral. And curiosity helps you do that. Who's really good at curiosity? You ever hung around a four or five-year-old? They're very good at asking curiosity-based questions. Why do you do that, mommy? Right? There's no judgment. There's no shame. It's just coming from a real, genuine place of curiosity where you're trying to identify the constraints. Why do you need the constraints? They will help you engineer and solve the problem so that you can get your desired outcome. Okay. So the second component is to ask the question where you incorporate the desired outcome. And Ben did this so well, did it so well. What did he want? He wanted to be able to keep our booth up and not have to take it down. What did the fire marshal want? He needed something that wasn't going to burn to the ground. So Ben asked the question, if there was a way to make this booth fireproof, what would that look like? Ben didn't have the answer. He's not the fire marshal. But by asking this question to the fire marshal and engages the fire marshal's brain and the fire marshal through all of his experience has the answer. Okay? So step 2 is to ask the question in a way where it incorporates your desired outcome. And then the third is to ask a question from a place of empowerment versus a place of disempowerment. Let me give you some disempowering questions that have probably run through your head once or twice, which is, why am I always left behind? Why is making money so hard for me? Why am I the one who's left out? Why am I such an idiot? Do you want to know what's interesting? Those aren't even questions. Those are statements. And what does our brain do when you make a statement like that? When you say like, why am I such an idiot? Our brain, which is your servant, it gets to work. Oh, yes, Katie, I'll show you all the examples. And here's all the reasons why you're such an idiot. Now, we're wired for progress. You ask a question like that, you're making no progress. Zero. It just reinforces your stuckness. It reinforces where you're at, the, the very place that you're trying to move past and beyond. So we need to be asking questions that are based on the place beyond where you're trying to get, right? So look into the future. What is it? Where is it you're trying to go? How can you ask a question that incorporates that? 
let me let me give you some examples of well actually let's start with the disempowering questions why isn't this happening why is this happening to me oh that's a good one <laughs> only don't ask that one why is this happening to me what does your brain do when you ask that question it goes and finds all the proof and evidence why you're you're not as worthy as everybody else right that's a victim question, by the way. Why is this happening to me? Why isn't this working? Again, your brain is going to go and it's going to find all of the evidence why it's not working, which I think sometimes we think that's going to help me. It doesn't. It doesn't help you at all. It just makes you feel like a fool. What am I doing wrong? Also, reinforcing your stuckness. Why am I always struggling to, to make it? Why is this so hard? What's wrong with me that I'm still in this situation? Why does it always work for others? Okay, those are all disempowering questions that are coming from a victim place. And I actually have a client I'm helping. He's, he's working on a partnership with somebody and was struggling to create alignment with the partner. And we started having conversations and I saw how he was asking disempowering questions. He was making himself a victim in this partnership. Who wants to partner with a victim? Not the CEO, that's for sure. That's, the CEO wants to do a partnership with an empowered individual. So we have to be asking empowering questions. So let's talk about some, some questions that you could ask that will help move you out of the situation, right? Move you past where you currently are at. Maybe things are complicated. Maybe they're stressful. Maybe there's a lot of drag and it's frustrating. You could ask the question, if this were easy, what would that look like? Can you see how your brain gets to work, finding answers, solving the problem for you? As a product designer, I go through multiple phases as I'm designing a product. And there's this point in the, in the process where you've done like two or three prototypes and your prototype, it fits it fits the description of what we wanted and it fits the brief, but it's kind of a Frankenstein. It's a little wonky and it's certainly not beautiful. And it, it, it does it, it does it okay, but it's, it's not like the ultimate solution, at least not according to my standards. And so at this point I ask a question, which is what else can I take away? I know that simple is profound. And I want to simplify my product at that point. And so I asked that question, what else can I take away? This is a great question, by the way, when you are looking at your business and things are really complex. I have a client who had three verticals in his business. And we were asking that question, what else can we take away? And we ended up completely closing one vertical, focusing on the two. And the, the company has 4 x in the last year by doing this. So paying attention to the quality of your questions, can it come from a place of curiosity? Can you design your question in a way where it is focusing on the desired outcome versus looking at all the reasons why you're stuck? And can we look at the question and ask, is this an empowering question or is this a disempowering question? You know, a great question that we can be asking, as I was looking for the right partner to sell my company to, I realized I was asking disempowering questions. And I started asking a new question, which was who must like, we were negotiating the deal and it kind of was stuck. It just wasn't moving forward. 
And so I asked a new question, which was, who must I be in order to close this deal by the end of the month? And it had me looking at myself, engagement with this potential partner in a totally new way. So my invitation to you right now is to look at the questions that you're asking in the day. In fact, if you really want to make progress, start writing them down. Start writing down your questions so you can really see where your questions are coming from. Are they actually statements that are just disempowering you? Look at the quality of questions that you're asking. Ask yourself, do I want to ask a better question? Do I want a better outcome? And start moving into this process of curiosity-based questions that are incorporating the desired outcome and that are coming from an empowered place. As you do this, that thing that you want, aka progress, growth, more money in the bank account, it starts to show up because of the questions that you're asking. That's my invitation to you. You guys are amazing. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Send us a DM, send us an email. How is this helping you? And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Okay, was that not amazing? What is the one takeaway that you have from today's episode? Thank you so much for listening. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Leave us a rate and review. Find me on Instagram, katie.live. You can also find me on Facebook, katierichardson.live. If you're listening to all of this and you're like, Katie, this is amazing and I want more of your help, I have an invitation for you. You have an amazing opportunity to get my help inside of your business. And it's through a challenge called hashtag Katie's Clarity. I am going to come in. I'm going to show you how to create radical clarity. What happens when we have this radical clarity is we get unstuck and we have the vision and the visibility to identify the next step that you need to take. That's what we do inside of hashtag Katie's Clarity. So come join me. We dropped a link for you to this challenge in the show notes. Lastly, I want to make sure you're not missing out. So go to whatsworkingnow.com, drop in your email there, and we will make sure you only get the good stuff. Have an amazing day, and I'll see you in the next episode.